All right, everyone. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this brand new episode of Rideshare Tactics, the podcast where you get the most relevant news, the most reliable products, and the most useful tips and tricks in the rideshare industry. Hey, I'm Aaron Everly, and this is episode five of Rideshare Tactics, and boy, we got a lot to get into. First, we're going to jump into robo-taxis. Yes, robo-taxis are leveling up, and revenue is slowly shifting into gear. Could this be the beginning of things to come? Also, Tesla's technology is in the spotlight when one of its cars goes apeshit in Puerto Rico, crashing over and over and over again. Also, Uber is making some strategic business moves. So they tap lucrative Medicare business with a logistics deal with a very big company. Also, there's 12 billion reasons how Uber makes its drivers pay. Oh boy, you might want to listen to that one. Oh, and also, are Uber and Lyft recession-proof, are they? Some believe they are, some believe they're not, but some believe they could be believe they could particularly get banged up by a recession also creep of the week there are four of them there are four creeps being reported on this week they cannot run they cannot hide we're calling them out here on this podcast also the book of the week sure there are passengers of the week all the time but i believe this is the most important book of the week also, we're going to talk about the product of the week, which could be very useful to you, and the tip of the week. Yes, the tip of the week, the most important part of this podcast. The tip of the week is last, and so much more. Hey, I know you want to listen to, I know you want um, to know what else is going on, and I'm, I'm here to give it to you. So, without further ado... Without any more wasting time, let's just jump into this thing right now. Let's get it started. Rideshare Tactics. This is episode five, and thanks again for tuning in. Uh, but before we jump into the news, uh, man, this Labor Day weekend was intense. It was extremely busy here in uh, Seattle. We had packs, we had bumper shoot going on, we had cruises going on. There, there were football games, boy, and I had a uh, all the characters driving them around you name it i had some great uh riders i had some suspicious riders i had uh, gamers asking me for cocaine it was it was nuts um uh everything you can imagine i i had it this weekend and it was pretty profitable as well except for today which was strange um it was a huge dip in uh the earnings today and I just said by by 4 p.m. I only had $50 after seven hours, and I was like, "Fuck it, man! I'm just gonna 
just take some time and spend it with the family or play some board games. But anyways, I uh, just wanted to share um, that with you guys. Not every day is, is great. And every like you'll have a few days out of the month, which is really slow. And uh, you got to find ways to get through it. Tomorrow will probably be better. Anyways, uh, we're going to jump into the news, all right? Uh, the robo-taxi market is shifting into gear, okay? Uh, Waymo, self-driving technology associated with Google, has seen progress since its 2018 rollout in Arizona. That's right. They've been doing things in Arizona under the radar. And now they're getting positive traction on the possible rise of total usage by service, as reported by Crunchbase News. I forgot to mention the, the, uh, the news outlet that I got this from, but uh, from Crunchbase News. Anyways, they're, they're getting positive again. They're getting positive traction on possible rise of total, total usage, which is huge. Along also with the, with the positive comes the negative, along with complaints and mistakes, which comes at no surprise again. Um, and, you know, I, I'm expecting it. Anyone with any common sense is expecting it. You know, these things take time to develop. Um, but once they get there, they're they're an outstanding service. And uh, I hate to admit it, but it's possible. It's true. But there are some issues they need to work out, anyways. However, to increase ridership, Waymo has added some perks to its service, like Wi-Fi. How about that, man? They're adding Wi-Fi, ad-free music, streaming, and a child seat in every minivan, and a perfect temperature. I don't even know how you get a perfect temperature. Um, everybody's different. Everybody's hot and cold and whatnot, but I do like how they're adding a child seat in every minivan. And that's one thing that Uber and Lyft need to work on, in my opinion, um, is to add like notification in the driver profile that they have a child seat or not. I don't know why they haven't done that, but um, I got one in my trunk, a fold a fold up. Um, child seat in my trunk just in case but yeah I'm surprised they don't have that little notification in the driver profile or as a preference when a, uh, a driver requests a ride anyways now that they got that um, a company in China uh, called Didi uh, which is the Uber of China which Uber owns a piece of is jumping on the autonomous bandwagon and releasing driverless options in Shanghai. That should be big news, not only uh, to the international rideshare community, but us as well, because this stuff spreads fast. Technology develops fast, and as soon as you know, it'll be everywhere. Um, the point of this article is uh, just pointing out that we can all expect these two companies to be leaders in the self-driving industry, DD and Waymo, okay? Uh, specifically Waymo with their endless financial resources and DD with investors like Uber and uh, well, yeah, the Chinese government, for sure. It will be a race to profit profitability. Right? Who's the first to a billion, right? Um, yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting article. Also, Waymo, um, they just now launched in Florida 
to test in heavy rains, right? So after they do that, they'll probably move up to a um, a northern state, I would say like a Montana or a South Dakota or wherever, where it's uh, pretty intense with the snow and wind, all right? So watch them shift from Arizona to dry, um, not so harsh um, temperatures and snows and whatever. Um, they're shifting. They're shifting definitely. They're trying to get uh, more challenging weather as they as they develop this technology. And uh, but it'll be a while. But it'll be interesting to see them grow and um, meet these challenges and um, use the technology to work around it. Anyways. Just know, robo-taxis, they're uh, slowly working their way up. Um, but definitely, they'll, they'll be in the south in a matter of no time, as far as the drier climate south. All right, on to the next one. Okay, guys, if you haven't seen the video of this next article, this is coming from Daily Mail. If you haven't seen this video, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's, a video of an autopiloted Tesla loses control on a sleepy Puerto Rican street, circling and crashing into cars and nearly swiping an older fella on the sidewalk who dodged serious injury until the vehicle came under control by the driver of the vehicle. It didn't look pleasant, and I'm for certain the resale value of that Tesla will drop. Um, now, uh, no one knows for certain why Tesla lost control, um, but it is suspected that the vehicle lost control because the pedal got stuck on the floor mat, which I highly doubt was the reason. All right, uh, I'm not buying it at all. I think there's more to the story, and I also believe that Tesla doesn't want any bad publicity with the technology running that car where like where's the brake right why 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 didn't anybody brake i mean you have two brakes right you have the regular brakes which would break it and then you have the emergency brakes um either one could have could have stopped the car so i'm not buying that um this car is circling out of control for like 30 over 30 seconds uh, was the issue i think it was something more and uh, unfortunately i don't think we'll ever find out what exactly happened but it's something to consider with this uh self-driving uh car technology going on um like these things can easily lose control and without a a, uh, a driver fully focused driver um, there, there could be some issues. Um, so uh, if you haven't seen the video, it's pretty intense. Uh, I'd check it out. Again, I got this one from the Daily Mail. And uh, let's get on to the next one. All right, this one's pretty cool. And um, the future is looking good for Uber, Lyft, and all those other companies striking logistics deal. But uh, this one comes from Forbes. Uber strikes a logistics deal with a key Medicare business. Um, Uber Health, 
the healthcare ride-sharing asset of Uber, said it is partnering with American Logistics Company. All right. Um, it's Uber's first national collaboration with a healthcare transportation management company, and it's a glimpse into the lucrative opportunities for ride-sharing companies. Lyft, along with Ford's Go Ride Health, have expanded into the non-emergency medical transportation services. The services gives elderly, patients suffering from disabilities or chronic illnesses, and medical appointees access to Uber's vast network of rideshare partners. Um, this is this is a great thing, all right. This is great for business and ensures economic longevity for ride-sharing companies. All right. This also secures human uh, opportunities for human drivers, not automation. All right. I've given many rides to individuals using this service, and it's quite clever of them to tap into the service. All right. Um, and I'm telling you right now, no uh, automated vehicle uh, can help these people out. They need the door open for them. They need them. They need uh, their walking devices folded up for them. So a human driver is always needed for this. The issue comes when your car is too small. I drive a 2014 Honda Insight. It's, pre it's pretty small, um, but it, it gets the job done, and I haven't had any complaints by any of the passengers or the third-party companies um, working with me, working with Uber and through me to me. Um, I haven't had any problems with them, or they haven't heard any complaints. Um, but um, I, I, I just I think it's so awesome because like hospitals can um, ensure that their patients get to their treatment facilities uh, without any problems, without uh, any issues so you're ensuring um, that business continues and there's no late appointments and it's it's such an awesome thing and I, I never understood why um, Uber or Lyft don't strike deals with uh, restaurants you know what I'm saying like add a little service um, pickup for uh, a restaurant Right, it doesn't even have to be a pickup in a Uber X. It could be a comfort car, but there's like they gotta be, they gotta make deals if they're gonna, if Uber and Lyft are going to survive and going to continue to scale. Man, they gotta strike deals with like restaurants and or like companies. Um, but I think it works best for like the, the dentist office. I wouldn't say they don't have, they don't have any deals with dentist's office but you know that's what they need to start looking at it's like dentist's office and, and uh some restaurants how cool would that be um but yeah it's it, they're obviously they obviously made the, the right move for striking this logistics deal with um, american logistics company and with that we'll get on to that next story all right now i just i know i just talked about how awesome of a move uber made and um I, i'm not gonna i'm not hating on uber all right um but uh i do i do think it's important um for this next story uh to to inform other drivers out there all right uh this this one's coming from the wall street journal um and they're basically 
noting, uh, they have an opinion piece, and they're talking about how Uber makes its drivers pay. And uh, I just thought it was pretty fascinating and relevant and important to report on. But uh, it's believed that Uber has no clear path to profitability with a second quarter loss of $5 billion. Um, and after reading this article, in my opinion, full-time drivers especially are in the same boat, right? Um, I don't think there's any profitability uh, for us you know, as we move into the future. Um, it's good right now, but I don't think there's any profitability for us. Uh, Uber's losses would be more, but thanks to drivers and their personal cars, their cost losses are less, leaving the brunt of expenses on the drivers. And for most drivers, the car ownership, car, I mean, the cost of ownership isn't thoroughly calculated. And that's where I want to take this is like, uh, drivers, they just get the uh, calculate the gas, they calculate the maintenance. Um, but have you calculated thoroughly um, the cost of everything else, like um, loss of value? And you know, we we I don't know. I don't plan on reselling my car or anything like that. I'm just going to pass it down to my daughter. But. Um, yeah, if you're driving full-time, uh, you're basically losing entire value of your car. So um, this is, it's sort of uh, fascinating that um, drivers out there are spending like over $20,000 or over $30,000 on a car uh, just to ride share. Um, and uh, they're, they're losing value immediately. And it just blows my mind that I see these every, I see these cars every day. It's nice cars every day and ride share. I'm like, it's a bad move in my opinion. Um, yeah, for example, the the article went on um, for let's t we're talking about the loss of value to the car, which incurs a twenty nine cent loss per every mile. Now think about that. So if there's any drivers out there putting over 50,000 miles a year on your car. Do the math. Uber did when they went public, noting that drivers incurred over $3 billion, this is all drivers, $3 billion in costs, and a quarter, $12 billion in a year. So now, that $5 billion isn't so bad for their loss, right? For their quarter loss, $5 billion isn't so bad. They just saved $12 billion a year. $3 billion um and costs a quarter um but yeah drivers man you're losing you're losing 29 cents per mile <laughs> every mile you drive um and that's to you and that's to your 20 or thirty thousand dollar forty thousand dollar car that you're driving um yeah this my look again this isn't a hit on uber i just hope they and companies like them have a plan to make it work for everyone without having to take more from drivers. I really want Uber and Lyft and companies that hire human drivers to find a way to make it more profitable. But I'm doubtful. I really am. Really, drivers are the ones that need to find other ways to earn stable income. And income 
that's recession proof. And with that, let's segue into the next one. All right, so this next article is coming from the street and it's noting why Uber and Lyft could get banged up in a recession. And uh, I thought it was pretty interesting, especially um, with the last article that I read about how the costs are paid by the drivers. Anyways, it's a great time to be alive as a rideshare driver, it really is. I love Uber and Lyft, man. They're providing this opportunity for us. Um, we don't have to, like, most of us don't even have to work at Walmart, right? Like, who wants to work at Walmart? Um, but, uh, it's, yeah, again, it's a great time to be alive as a rideshare driver. Everyone knows it. That's why many people are trading their 9-to-5 job at Walmart or a gas station or whatever uh, for a 9-to-5 behind the wheel in the rideshare economy. But trouble, but trouble could be on the horizon. Um, ride sharing is great, but it isn't. It's not recession tested, and I don't think it's recession proof. Um, and that's why a recession could spell trouble for these industries. Um, that, that includes delivery services, right? And in my opinion, this could explain why rideshare companies are pushing hard and fast for driverless technology it's 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 pretty obvious you know they're buying up all these automated companies and ai technologies and whatnot but uh yeah it could this could explain why these companies are pushing so hard for this stuff because they see what's coming and they want to be ready for the issues that come with hiring humans with cars like vehicle repossessions, right, and human protests, etc., etc., all these things that threaten the bottom line. Anyways, get off that. Anyways, experts are predicting Uber and Lyft could get banged up because they believe discretionary ride-hailing could sink, like rides to bars and restaurants and delivery services as well. As people find ways to cut unnecessary costs, and I tell, I'm telling you, um, all these rides that are a block away, people are going to end up walking, right? They're just doing it because they have extra money, and that could all end in a recession. Uh, the article also mentioned that too many drivers could enter the rideshare market, and I knew this. A year ago, I was thinking about it, and I was trying to um, move on from it. Uh, many people could enter the rideshare market. Many drivers could enter uh, for alternate, alternative employment, uh, which could lead to a problematic, problematic imbalance of supply and demand. And that would, it would be nuts. I think it, I don't even know if it'd be lower prices. I don't know if people would pay the lower prices, but it could be a lot of people sitting around. Uh, an economic downturn could see which business model, though you know which business model is most resilient and could eliminate a lot of the competition leaving the strongest company to gain everything and all i can think about is amazon um, and how they survived the recession right uh, no brick and mortar uh, for their business and it, it survived all these other brick and mortar stores that they're competing with they just died 
Um, so that's that's all I can think about. It's like Amazon. Look how they survived. Now they're brick and mortar. Um, anyways. Uh, my take is if, if you're a driver, don't plan on driving forever. All right? That would probably be doing yourself a favor, at least not full-time. Don't drive forever full-time. Um, I'm not at least driving full-time uh, when it comes down to it. Um, I'm just going to be a seasonal or supplemental income type driver. But full-time drivers won't survive a recession, I, I promise you. You full-time drivers will not survive a recession. Do your best to figure something out. Uh, too much competition will enter the market, and there's always a risk of the platform or your bank account failing. Instead, look at look to uh, recession-proof industries like government work or moving or refrigeration or drug dealing, etc. Just be cognizant of what's coming and have a motherfucking plan. And that's the news, folks. So what's next? That's right. It's time for the creep of the week. Or should I say creeps of the week? Let's get to it. All right, guys. Hey, welcome to the creep of the week. This first one comes out of New York. A New York Uber driver allegedly kidnaps a 15-year-old girl, right? This guy is 32-year-old. He's a 32-year-old. Can you believe that? His name is Sean Williams, and he allegedly kidnapped a 15-year-old who was attending a Sweet 16 birthday party in Atlantic Beach, of all places. This guy must have been on uh, Lonely Island to be trying to kidnap a 15-year-old girl. Um, he uh, offered her alcohol, and uh, he didn't want to let her out of the car. Um, but uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he even asked her to come back to his place for, uh, for some Netflix. Now, I don't know about the Netflix, but I'm pretty sure that was involved. But alcohol was definitely on the menu. Anyways, the girl told him she needed to use a restroom. Um, ultimately, she escaped. Um, ran into a McDonald's uh, whenever uh, Williams stopped the car. And there, from there, she called the police. But anyways, this, this asshole tried to kidnap somebody's daughter, 15-year-old daughter, give her alcohol, um, and, and probably do bad things to her. Good thing. He's in jail, and uh, looks like uh, he'll be spending some time behind some bars. I'm pretty sure of it. He doesn't look like a creep of the week, but uh, definitely he acted like one. All right, so this, for this next one, it's coming out of Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia, you got Tashina Campbell, who's 26 years old. Now, she's not the driver. She was a potential passenger. I'm not sure if she was a passenger or not, but she tried to get in the car, and the Uber driver said, hey, get the fuck out of my car. 
He didn't say that that way, but I'm pretty sure that's what he was like, baby, you got to get out of my car. So that's where it went all bad uh, for the Uber driver. Um, Tashina Campbell then jumped on his hood, started acting crazy, uh, started tearing off um, the Uber driver's car, his Prius. Toyota Prius was damaged in the event, and um, uh, he got out. He was like, you got to stop. You got to stop acting nuts. So then Tashina Campbell allegedly proceeded biting him, acting all crazy. Um, it was caught on video, and um, the person recording the video, and why isn't the person helping? I don't know. Like, if you're, why, look, you record just enough of the biting, but then you got to stop and help somebody out who's in, who's in dur- under duress. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Uh, if somebody's hurting and somebody's in trouble, I don't see why it's so hard to put down your, get a, a little bit of footage and then put down your camera and try to help. But man, the, the person captured this per, this uh, Uber driver getting bitten up, and uh, it's uh, it didn't end well. But uh, Tashina Campbell um, was arrested one day later, and uh, yeah, there's a picture of her. She doesn't look like a creep but yeah there she is she's arrested and um i think she's got problems but uh yeah congratulations to sheena campbell for uh being the creep of the week it's not something to be proud of but um you have have made the cut for sure can't be biting people's bodies to sheena we learned that um, as kids, biting is bad. And for the Uber driver, man, I uh, hope you, you get better. Um, and uh, next time, carry some pepper spray or uh, some some iron fists or uh, brass knuckles. Yeah. Anyways, to Shana Campbell, congratulations on being a creep of the week. Uh, yeah, you're... you're, you're extremely uh go see a psychiatrist please all right and uh with that let's get on to the next creep all right for so for this next creep of the week award it's it's coming out of pennsylvania um a pennsylvania driver was picking up a passenger um when he had two guns pointed at him uh yeah this this again this creep um, of the week award goes to the passenger um, and he had an accomplice, so it's a shared creep of the week. Congratulations, Michael Baker, um, who pulled a gun on his Lyft driver. You idiots, because there's cameras in the majority of these rideshare cars. These guys, man, they, 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 they're idiots, right? Um, but then again, you know, Nothing usually good happens after uh, after the sun goes down. But getting back to the story, um, a Pennsylvania Lyft driver picked up a passenger. Um, the passenger, Michael Baker, pulled a gun on him. It's like, give me your money. And the driver was like, dude, I, ain't, I don't have any money. I'm not going to give you anything. And so then... Michael Baker's accomplice pulls a gun on him and and scared the shit out of this poor Lyft driver who's just trying to pay the bills. 
and probably working for his family and just doing the right thing. But, you know, lifting Uber drivers are facing this on a daily basis, it looks like, and getting bitten and getting guns pointed at them. Anyways, uh, congratulations, Michael Baker of Pennsylvania. Now everybody knows your face and knows um, you have won the Creep of the Week, so you're probably going to be getting congratulation calls from all your buddies um, from behind bars. And uh, all this is alleged, by the way. Okay? Just for legal purposes. It's all alleged. But they do have a picture of this dummy, Michael Baker, pulling a gun on some uh, poor Lyft driver who did not deserve it. Anyways, um, congratulations. And uh, let's move on to the the last creep of the week. All right, so this next one is really is actually a sad situation, man. It's it's utterly disgusting how um, parents can treat their their children. Um, this one's coming out of Baltimore. Twenty uh, five year old Alicia Lawson. And a 40-year-old Shatika Lawson, who's, yeah, again, 40, a grown adult, um, were arrested and charged. Um, both women face involuntary manslaughter and child abuse charges uh, for the death of Malachi, an adorable child. Um, but uh, Malachi Lawson, who's four years old, um, Initially, Alicia reported to police that Malachi suffered severe burns before his death. Uh, he was put in a bath so hot that his skin was floating around him. You know, um, she said that, uh, allegedly, that they feared getting punished, so they tried to treat the burns themselves. Uh, they found her son unresponsive nine days later in a puddle of wetness and uh, she couldn't even gain the courage to just bring him to the hospital right or report it if, it, if it's an accident hey just just report it you're you're not going to get in trouble really now if you try to hide it and just dump them in the dumpster then there's more to the story you're you now you're just looking like a piece of shit, right? I really wish this was a piece of shit of the week because she would definitely win it for dumping her own kid in the dumpster. Who does that? Anyways, it, it angers me and it saddens me because I have children of my own. Um, and uh, I don't, it's just like an animal would only treat and hide their child, their deceased child like that, right? So she, she just allegedly, she wrapped him in a blanket and took him to, took a lift of all things to take. She took a lift to a dumpster like 10 miles away. I mean, you, you, you got serious issues if you're doing that to your own child. Um, even if, even if it was, you claim it was an accident, you just don't, something no parent with a heart would do, um, just dump him, dump their child in the a, a, in a dumpster it's just it's just crazy man um but yeah congratulations 
Um, save the worst for last. The creep of the week. Um, congratulations, Alicia Lawson, 25, and Shatika Lawson, 40. You're, you're, I hope you spend a long time behind bars and yeah, can never have or touch um, children again. Um, so with that, I'm jumping out of the creep of the week. All right, so I'm going to skip the writer of the week, though I've enjoyed all the conversations that I've had with um, those writers who like conversations. I've learned a lot. Um, I got a lot that I remember. Um, but um, I think for this one, I, I think it's best that we, um, that I go with the book of the week. And it's really, it's, it's about as long as a book, but um, I think it is best, better suited for the read of the week, the read of the week. But we're just going to go with the book since it's, approximately 400 pages long but um yeah the uber prospectus right the uber prospectus is the book of the week because it's like a long fucking book um this document is an essential read for all drivers or delivery partners and of course investors i would have never known it known about it if it wasn't for uh what's it i'm just gonna say this uh jerry from uh canada he actually told me about it i wouldn't i have never even heard of this thing but um yeah it's it's a prospectus is what companies draft and submit before going public before trying to get more investors. Um, so yeah, it's the document that's, uh, it's like a business plan. It's, it's drafted and submitted to uh, the, comp the uh, government entity that um, controls or oversees um, public companies who are trying to get funding and investment. Anyways, it breaks down all important details about what Uber is and where they want to take their company. It also identifies markets and notes challenges. And you know what? Pretty much plan on reading this whole thing and having a special podcast. I think it dude it's a pretty boring read, but it's insightful and helpful to truly understand where Uber wants to go. So, you know, you can either read it or you can wait for me to release it after I read it, which is, you know, I'm not going to promise any days, but here pretty soon. Um, yeah, but the book of the week, just keep this in mind. It's the Uber Prospectus. You can download it or you can read it for free by Googling Uber prospectus and with that let's get on to the product of the week all right all right all right hey 
Oh boy, the product of the week. And this is an important one because there's so many options for this product. Um, I'm only um, suggesting or recommending the product that I use, which is for those deliveries. And I still deliver through uh, Uber Eats, um, but uh, I have it all folded up in, the, in my trunk, right? It doesn't get in the way of luggage or anything like that. Um, but uh, I'm going with the Rubber, Rubbermaid ProServe, all right? Um, are you working in the gig economy? Meal transport ex? Are you a meal transport expert, right? Is that current delivery bag of yours insufficient or too small? Are you not seeing the results or feedback that you want from businesses or customers? Like good ratings and tips? Yeah, and I can admit I had bad ratings before I got that delivery bag. All right? So if you're not seeing that, it's it's about time you upgrade your delivery game to the Rubbermaid ProServe delivery bag, bro. I have the red one, and I love it. It's uh, the best purchase I ever made. It's a little bit expensive, but I tell you what, you get what you pay for. As any delivery driver knows, in the gig economy, both perception and warm or cold food is everything. So it all starts with quality insulation. That's why the Rubbermaid ProServe delivery bag works so well. Not only can the small size hold 15 one-foot burritos or tacos, it, is also, it also provides maximum thermal retention to keep food warm and ready to eat. That's something your customers will love and appreciate. These food carriers are of premium design and build. I know. I'm telling you, I see it every day. They are made out of two-inch thick, high-quality polyester that retains heat without retaining moisture or, or odors. The durable, commercial-grade nylon resists scratches and tears, yet maintains structural integrity. I know this because it sits in my trunk, like I said, and has people's luggage thrown on top of it thousands of times, like I said, over and over again, just like it's been tossed on over and over again. Look, you get what you pay for. I know the $60 price tag will turn some people away, but this bag is worth every cent. It is. You do get what you pay for. These bags can be bought on Amazon or wherever any commercial delivery bags are sold. So get out there and improve your ratings and boost those tips with the Rubbermaid ProServe Insulated Delivery Bag. And with that, let's get on to the tip of the week. All right, everyone. Hey, um, this last section of this podcast is the tip of the week. It's probably one of the most important sections or installments of the podcast. 
um, and it has to do with um, the life of your car um, and your pocketbook. We're gonna I'm I'm gonna get into talking about uh, killing dead mileage, and if you don't know what dead mileage is, it's it's also known as floating mileage. It's an extremely important issue drivers might want to consider. It's a silent problem, which over time can be a drain on your vehicle and your bank account. Uh, what de- what dead mileage is, is is the mileage before pickup and after drop-off. It's the bread of the meat and cheese sandwich, okay? It's the bread. Just remember it as the bread. Um, the mileage profit is the middle after pickup and before drop-off. It's the only thing that's of any immediate value during tax season as well, right? Um, dead mileage is taxing on your body and your vehicle, right? You don't you don't get that money on in ta- during tax season back. You don't get that dead mileage back, right? That's stuck on your car, and it it also reduces your value of your car um, even more, and uh, it's bad for your body because you're sitting. When you could be up moving while waiting for a ride or delivery request. And if you remember uh, from episode three, I reported directly to you how science says sitting down all day is killing you. Also, dead dead and floating mileage is reducing the life expectancy of your car, increasing maintenance costs, and reducing your fuel economy. All of this stuff concerning your body and car ends up affecting and potentially lowering the funds in your bank account, which is extremely important and ties in to the episode so, so very well. Turning it into a high-cost, low-return occupation. Let me tell you, you don't want that. You want to you wanna conserve your car. You want to conserve your body. Um, what I recommend is, uh, after each ride, just stopping, getting out, getting some of that fresh air, uh, meditating, doing whatever is healthy for you, um, paying some bills, talking, making, uh, calling your family, doing something that's beneficial to you. All right. Don't drive. From one hot spot to another. Just trust me. Patience is a virtue. Right? After each ride. It's what I do. Is I stop. I get out. And I wait for the next ride request. Um, I'm trying. It's, that's how you kill that dead mileage and floating mileage. You, you don't keep driving. Right? I don't keep driving. I just stop and wait for it. Again extremely important that's how you conserve fuel and life of your vehicle so with that tip um kill dead mileage okay everyone hey thanks again for tuning in i hope i was helpful i hope i was informative um and again each episode you can expect some improvement um, that's all I can hope to do is uh, get the information, the most relevant um, news, the most 
reliable products and the most useful tips and tricks out to you. That's all I can hope to do. Um, again, thank you for listening. And uh, please subscribe. And with that, I hope you have a wonderful week. And um, enjoy the ride.